the Be True Chronicles by J.S. Blue. Chapter 2 The River and the Turtle. When Beetru woke up, it was nearly sunset. She opened her eyes to a cloudless blue sky and a steady breeze. The sun hung just above the mountains in the west. Beetru was laying against a huge oak tree, the only tree that seemed to be around, standing tall in a sea of tall grass. Beetru stood up to look around for the queen. She needed water desperately and answers to her many questions. She looked in all directions but saw nothing but a few distant trees in the mountains. Where was the queen? she thought to herself. To the west, the mountains that she'd seen from the overlook at the edge of the clearing were much closer and much larger than she initially realized, but still easily two days' walk away from her. There was no sign of Queen Cosima anywhere. Beatru scratched her head for a moment. This was quite a predicament, with no clear solutions. The thoughts and questions flooding Beetru's mind were offset by her howling thirst. She needed water desperately. Her father once told her a person could go weeks without food, but only a few days without water. Beetru had no idea how much time had passed since her dinner with Dante or her last drink of water. All she knew was that this was the very worst thirst she'd ever had in all of her nine years. She remembered seeing a long river when they had reached the top of the clearing and decided it was the only solution to satisfy her raging thirst. She just needed to find it. She had her sense of direction back and turned directly to face the sun. That's due west, which means, she said as she turned 90 degrees to her right, this is north. From the cliffs she had seen a river towards the northwest, which she hoped they had not crossed while she was sleeping. Beetru then reached into a pocket to see if she had anything to leave behind for the queen to let her know that she was searching for the river. But both pockets were empty. She looked around the tree for anything she could use to leave a message for Queen Cosima. She found scores of acorns near the tree in the tall grass. She gathered nearly one hundred of them and set them in a pile. She ripped out a large square patch of tall grass close to the tree to create a level surface and used the acorns to form a message. Heading north in search of the river, be true. With calm determination, she began her walk north, hoping the river was not too far away as the sun was now well below the mountains. It would soon be dark across the plain. The first hour of her walk went smoothly, even as it became dark. The plain was flat, and she was able to maintain a steady pace with little effort. She kept telling herself that each step forward was one less step required to find water. The plain was devoid of sound save for the sound of the wind. Every so often she would stop walking, close her eyes, and listen for the sound of rushing water but each time she only heard the wind. The next several hours of walking became more and more tiring. The sky was now quite dark. There was no moon on this night and the brilliant stars did little to light her way. 
Without water, she was quickly losing strength and feeling increasingly exhausted. The air was cool and the wind made it very cold. She was getting dizzy. She stopped to sit down just for a moment, she thought to herself, and pulled the hood over her head. She had spent most of her walk trying to piece together everything that had happened since she'd had dinner with Dante, but could not fill in any blanks to explain what happened after dinner and before she awoke in the wood. She tucked her legs up under her chin and rested her head against them. She fell asleep in this pose only seconds later. Beatrice was awakened several hours later when a great wind blew her over hard on her side. The sun was coming up in the east and it was another cloudless day. She found herself wishing hard for more rain if only to catch raindrops in her poor, dried-up mouth. Her thirst was horrible now and her throat was woefully dry. She also had a terrible chill from the brisk morning air. She looked around and saw a large tree not too far away. The tree was quite tall. She thought that if she could climb up the top of the tree, she was an excellent tree climber. She might be able to see the river or perhaps a random pond. I should have done that yesterday, she exclaimed to herself. She got up and ran anxiously towards the tree with sore legs. It was another large oak tree like the one from the day before, and it had branches that were low enough for Beatrice to climb on. She was excited the closer she got to the tree, convinced that after several hours of walking the night before, the river should be easily visible if she could get high enough up in the tree. She slowed down as she came up to the tree. Then she saw something that sank her heart deep into her stomach. Heading north in search of the river. Be true. It was the same tree from the day before. Beatrice felt her legs give out beneath her. She collapsed to the ground and cried, although there were few tears as she was fully dehydrated. In the dark night, she'd lost her trajectory without the sun as her guide. While she thought she'd been walking in a straight line, she had in fact been turning ever so very slowly and slightly to her right all night long and had walked in a gigantic circle right back to where she had started her walk. It was a crushing blow. Beatrice was no closer to water, and here it was another day with no Queen Cosma to be found. After a few minutes of feeling sorry for herself, Beatrice decided to test her theory and climb the tree. She had no other options. The muscles in her arms and legs were aching terribly given her dehydration, but slowly she climbed to almost the top of the big oak tree. The branches near the top of the tree were pointing upward, spreading apart enough from the lower branches to allow visibility of her surroundings. She scanned the horizon to the north, but she found no signs of a river or anything other than fields of tall grass and some random trees. She turned to face the south in the hope that Cosima had crossed the river, which could mean it was south of her. She saw more fields of tall grass with the occasional bush or random tree. She was about to turn away when something caught her peripheral vision. She looked again to the south very closely and saw a flock of geese taking off not too far from her position. Beatrice's heart began to flutter. Geese need water just like people need water. Beatrice said aloud. She got out of the tree as quickly and carefully as she could, 
The dizziness had come back, and Beetru felt very light-headed. But she remained determined to find that river. Her life was in grave danger, and she was certain she would not live to see another sunrise without water. She moved slowly, but with a steady pace. After several minutes of walking, she turned to look back at the oak tree she'd just climbed. It looked very small to her. I must be close now, Beetru desperately told herself. Soon enough, she heard a noise that wasn't just the blowing wind. She heard the sound of white noise coming from just in front of her. She started to run hard as nearly every aching muscle in her body screamed. She could now see the river coming into view as it cut directly across her path. She could feel tears of joy this time, trying to form in her eyes. It was a narrow river, maybe 50 or 60 feet across, with quick moving clear water. As she got to the edge of the river, she could see a long bank stretching up and down the length of the river just below her. She jumped down to the bank and lay down on her stomach beside the moving water, ignoring the sharp rocks digging into her stomach and legs, and lowered her mouth towards the water. Despite every urge she felt to gulp large amounts of river water, she was careful not to overdo it. The sensation of the water touching her mouth and tongue was the most amazing feeling she could remember. She swished the water in her mouth and spit it out again and again, being careful not to drink too much too quickly. Beetru splashed water on her happy face. She drank a little more water. She waited as patiently as she could and drank a little more. She was still very weak, but for the first time since the whole experience began in the wood, she was actually feeling better. She remained seated on the bank for most of the early morning, splashing water on her face, taking small drinks and trying to meditate. She was now all too aware of her next major challenge, finding something to eat. With her thirst addressed, her appetite was fully awake. First things first, she said to herself. She wanted to find something to hold water so that she could take it with her. But of course, there was nothing she could find that would work. She concluded she would need to stay close to the river from then on out, at least until she found Queen Cosima, or figured out where she was or how to get back home. Beetru was hungry, but not hungry enough to have any interest in eating the fish she'd seen in the river. Not yet, at least. Beetru was usually a very finicky eater to begin with and was not a big fan of seafood. She would need to get much hungrier before she attempted to fish for a meal. She stood up and looked around. She couldn't see much down by the river as it sat about eight feet below the main surface level of the plain it was cut into. She decided to climb back up to the plain to re-establish her bearings when a small voice behind her said, Oh, hello. Beatrice was so caught off guard by the greeting that she screamed. She turned around and saw a large old river turtle with a multicolored shell. He had just emerged from the river. The turtle wore a slight smile and had warm, friendly eyes. I was told to keep an eye out for you, but figured I wouldn't see you as I am an old turtle, who rarely makes it very far away from this particular riverbank, and the great plain is so massive. Hard to see a little girl on the great plain from down here. 
The winds must be blowing in your favor today. This is a very good, most wonderful turn of events. Beatrice was still dealing with having met a talking hind the day before, and now a talking turtle. Who are you? asked Beatrue. I'm Brick, the river turtle, and I'm pleased to make your acquaintance, Beatrue. You know my name, too? asked Beatrue with hopeful curiosity. Indeed I do. Queen Cosimer told me about you shortly before she was captured yesterday, said Brick, lowering and shaking his head. Wait, she was captured? Uh, by those red men? asked Beatrue. It wasn't the red men, said the turtle as he walked closer to Beatrue. The red men never venture out onto the plain, usually. No, it was Myla, the enchantress. Uh, Myla the who? asked Beatrue. The enchantress. Uh, she's a sorcerer. Uh, she's a lot of trouble is what she is. Everything happened so quickly yesterday, and within seconds, I just... Myla and Queen Cosimo were gone. But it's a much longer story than just that, as I'm sure you can gather. Beatrue's stomach then rumbled so loudly that Brick heard it. It seems like we need to get you some food. Uh, I can help with that, said Brick, as he turned around and began to walk down the bank in the direction of the mountains. Come along, I have food for you. Beatrue had so many more questions than she had when she woke up that morning. and She was starting to think that she may be in another place and another time. A concept she'd have scoffed at days before meeting the talking animals, but now she felt anything was possible to account for her strange disposition. But she needed food more than anything, and followed Brick down the river bank. End of chapter 2